day night study of the Word of God in the book of Romans. This is the sixth lesson already, and the lesson is entitled The Centrality of Christ. We'd also like to welcome all those that are tuned in via social media, and as usual, I would like to greet all the Macedonians in the Macedonian language. The centrality of, you know what, I'd like to say this before I proceed any further. I don't see any reason to stand behind this pulpit uh, whether you're teaching or preaching or delivering the Word of God in any less fear and trembling than the high priest when he entered into the holiest of holies. I believe in today's ministry, this is the holiest of holies. You stand behind the pulpit and I always had great reverence and fear. Uh, in the Lord's presence. Praise God. The centrality of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 20 and 23 and Romans 11 36 tells us that all things have been placed in subjection under His authority. Whose authority? Jesus' authority, under the authority of Jesus. And he has been made head over all things, both in heaven and on earth. He declared that himself before he ascended. He said, all power is given to me, both in heaven and in earth. For from him and through him and to him, are all things made to whom be glory forever. Amen. Colossians 1.19 says, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Philippians 2.9, Therefore God exalted Christ, exalted Him, and has given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. We're talking about the centrality of Christ. He is the center of all things. He is the focal point of all things. And as I read just now, He has created all things, and all things are under His supervision, so to speak. But why? Why has God the Father exalted His begotten Son? So, let's find out. This is a very, the most exalting video that it's been going on the airways for quite some time. 
as far as I'm concerned, this is a great exaltation of Christ, how he is all in all. Go ahead, Brother Brown. We're going to pull it up in a second. Just go a little further. Praise God. You, you can go ahead with the class. We're, we're going to pull it up in a second, Brother Brown. Okay. Christ must be the center of all things. There came a time in the ministry of John the Baptist that his disciples came to him and said, Master, the one of whom you bore witness, you know, the one you said to us, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. He is now baptizing, and everybody is coming to him. The Bible tells, and then the next thing John says that to answer his disciples, he says, a man can receive nothing except it were given to him from above. You yourself bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I was sent before him. Then he said, he that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stand by and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom, bridegroom's voice. This is this my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. And there came a time that John told the disciples, you got to follow him now. And I'm going downhill. <laughs> as soon as the video comes on, I'll, uh, I'll let it... Uh... When I first heard this, I was totally overwhelmed when I heard this video for the first time. And let me say, while this is being worked on, that from the time we get saved, and begin to walk with God. There's the, the the world out there should fade away, and people <coughs> that look at us should see more of I mean more of Christ daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and less of us. Because the closer we walk with God we will identify with him as the disciples identified with him. And there came a time where even though Peter tried to deny it, I don't know the man, it didn't work. He had been with him too long. And the woman said, your speech betrays you. You were with him. When we are out there in the world, we should not be betrayed in a fashion that we 
we betray God with our speech, but our conversation, our conduct, and everything should betray us to the point that people will begin to sense that the same woman, the same way the woman uh, says about Peter, said, you were with him. You were one of his followers. Amen. We're in for about... Keep going? No, we're in. Okay. The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter.
need it like you own it. Because buying our products directly benefits over 1,000 Lando Lakes farmer owners who do. As I said, John said that he's going to take it over. With AC Pro, anyone can reach up. They follow Christ. John also said a man can receive nothing except it will give it to him from above. Paul repeated that in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. He said, what have you that you did not receive? Folks, we got nothing. Did you hear that? We have nothing to boast about. Except Christ in us. Yes. So Paul says, what do you have that you did not receive? What, what spiritual, spiritually speaking, what do we have? that we did not receive from God. Everything comes from Him. And this is why pride is a stench in the nostrils of God. We, we. And they said, if you received it, he's talking to the Corinthians, if you received it, why do you glory or why do you boast as though you didn't receive it? Any of us cannot receive anything except it was given to us from above. If we humble ourselves before God, as the Bible says, and dig in his word, and through prayer and fasting, and searching his word, God reveals things to us. For that's why the spirit of God was given to us. That's why Christ prayed for the Holy Spirit. Because He will reveal to you all truth. It's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost, to conceal Christ. It is the purpose of the Holy Ghost to reveal Him ever more fully. Amen. And if you would humble yourself, as the Bible says, and search God, you can have as much about, uh, of Him as you want. Yes. On the other side, or as little as you want. But we want to be in Christ because He is the, cent the centrality of all things. Christ is the focal point. And I believe if you ask me, Christian unity can be achieved only if we walk close with Christ. And if we make him, just think about it. Let, Lace, come here please. Let's say Lace represents Jesus. And if I ask you, Sister Jackson is sitting way over here, Brother David is sitting way over there, but if I ask you to come one by one, and one by one we gather around Christ, we gather, we we come close to one another. Do you see, do you see what I'm talking about? The unity and the unity of the saints all over the world is what Jesus prayed in chapter seven, uh, of, of, I mean seventeen. 
of the Gospel of John. He is the focal point of all things. And in Corinthians, it said, uh, Paul speaking of this is, and because all power, all power has been given to him, both in heaven and the earth, he reigns supreme. And he is the centrality of all things. Amen. I must watch the clock, and uh, I believe I'm done. And uh, uh, we're gonna go into the questions now. We have quite a bit, uh, quite a few questions, and uh, let us go into that. And this is this is great. Uh, this is uh, where we get the congregation and the saints of God involved into the Word of God by uh, these questions. <laughs> Question number one based on our inability to keep the law perfectly and thus be righteous and on the ability and on the ability of the law to produce righteousness the inability of the law what good news do you find in the gospel of Christ or Brother Ernie. Well, the main thing you find in the course of scripture was the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Anybody else? I'll take a stand at it. Okay, my, Brother Dave. What it, what it means to me, uh, by my faith in Jesus Christ, even though I can't keep the law, I have righteousness. His righteousness yeah. clothed around me. But I have righteousness apart from the law. Amen. Anyone else? Let us go to the question. Let us go to question number two. How does Paul indicate that God's plan, God's plan, help us? In historical roots, yes. Go ahead, Sister Elizabeth. Uh, he talks about the prophets, and the prophets, you know, for years before Jesus was born, spoke of his birth and the sacrifices that he would make and the healing that he would do amongst people who were followers of God. Amen. Anyone else? Brother Ernie, please. The gospel, the good news of what Christ accomplished continues the story of the Old Testament, which was prophesied, which prophesied of his redemptive work. We're going to go to question number three. How widely does God offer his gift of salvation and righteousness? I wonder if anybody knows this one. To all 
to whosoever will is is the uh, is the answer simple and to the point so we read in John uh, question before we read in John chapter 1 verse 12 what must one do to become a member of God's family and be pronounced righteous Miss, uh, Sister Elizabeth. Receive Jesus in your heart and believe him as your Savior. She's got the scripture over there too. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even that believe in his name. Um, there's a difference between believing and receiving. Uh, the Bible says that even the demons believe, mm -hmm. and they tremble. But everybody doesn't receive him as Lord of their life and receive his authority and power in their life. And so uh, the best way I heard it put is the only way to get into the kingdom of God is to lay your kingdom down. Amen. As we know, when Jesus came on the scene, he began to preach is to repent and be baptized. And there was a message of Peter when he stood after the Holy Ghost and filled them all with power. Witnessing, he said, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. Question number five Romans 3 23 through 24. Man's dilemma, God's answer. How widespread is man's need of salvation? Do just few of us need him, or what do you think? 360, brother, brother. Victor says 360. Anyone else? Go ahead. Please. I wrote all are in need of Jesus' saving grace. No one's exempt. There is none righteous. Therefore, none. No one is exempt. Yes, sir. Please. Uh, just a quick survey. How many people have ever, instead of hearing this scripture read this way, have heard people use this to excuse their sin and say, well, everybody, all of sin, nobody's perfect. All of sin comes short of the glory of God, so therefore I can just do whatever I want to do. Have you ever heard somebody do that? You see how important it is to, to read the Bible correctly in context to see what scriptures really mean and not to pull out one verse and just make it say what you want it to say? My response to that is usually there's a difference between owning your sin and letting your sin own you. Yeah, that's it. Glory to God. Question number six. The common concept of sin is breaking a rule. How does this passage clarify that sin, what sin is? come short of the glory of God, it clarifies that sin is universal to begin with. Go ahead, sister. Um, I said that sin is specifically an action that pulls us from God. It creates a divide and a separation. It's hard to hear God and have a relationship with him when you're living in your sin as opposed to trying to get out of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also, uh, in the definition where it says, out of sin and fall short of the glory of God, it, in the Greek, the word sin is hamartia, which literally means to miss the mark. 
or the law of the mark, of the mark, which means that a lot of times we think what we think of sin, we think we're exempt because we don't do what the old Pentecostals used to call big three. I don't lie, cheat, chew, or hang with those that do. But James says, I believe, is those that know what's right to do and they don't do it. That's sin too. And so when you really look at missing the mark of what God's called us to do, well, I don't speak bad about somebody, but you hate somebody in your heart. And, and those inner things that let you know, and that's the powerfulness of the gospel, what Paul is trying to get across is none of us are exempt. All of us need the gospel. All of us need forgiveness, and all of us need the love of Jesus Christ Amen. because all of us are guilty. Hamartia means to miss the mark. That's what sin means. So, in other words, God has set a standard, and that standard has, we're missing that standard. And a lot of times we'll say, well, I'm better than Brother Dave over here. But that doesn't say anything. He's not the standard. The Word of God is. Amen. We are going on unless everybody's satisfied. Yeah. Question number seven. Read verses 23 and 24 and clear, uh, carefully examine the additional references given referring to the passages listed below. Write your own definition of grace, redemption, and justify. What's your, what, what's your uh, definition of grace? You have your hand up? Go ahead, Brother Lee. Uh, God loves one in his mercy. In his mercy, God's love and mercy. God's love and mercy. That sure, that speaks grace to me. Anybody on, uh, on grace? Anybody else? Go ahead. I wrote, God's forgiveness of our sins through the shedding of Jesus' blood. Amen. One acronym. There is no forgiveness otherwise. That's it. One acronym we used to always use is God's riches at Christ's expense. And uh, that's a good way to remember what grace is, that you're getting in the riches of God, but Jesus paid for it. Amen. That's why I'm not going to go see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> about Abraham's son, the Bible is so clear that God gave his only begotten son. And I saw a preview of the movie, and he says, Abraham, offer now your son. The Bible says that about Abraham's son, that he's the only son. So, uh, I don't know why I threw that in there. All right, about redemption. <clears throat> redemption, Brother Ernie. Through his blood, according to his grace, upon him receive redemption. Amen. Mercy is grace and shed blood. Amen. Anyone else on redemption? Brother? Well, redemption is like being purchased back. Through sin, we became property of the devil. But through the sacrifice of Jesus, he bought us back mm -hmm. legally. Now we belong to him legally. Amen. Amen. Does this remind you of a pawn shop? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all know what pawn shops are all about. And sometimes, for whatever reason, you're willing to forfeit a very precious possession of yours. 
And in our case, we forfeited our very souls uh, if, with your permission, Pastor. Am I right? Yeah. And this is what Jesus did. He walked in into this world and redeemed us. Say, I've come to pay the price because I love him so much. Yeah. Glory to God. Glory. And then, woo, praise God. We were in debt, we could not pay, but he paid it. He paid it. Yeah. He paid the debt. He so, did. He did. That's why we're here today. Think about that, Brother Bob. When you think about that, we have loans, right? When we come into the world, Christ paid the debt, but if we don't receive it, who do we still belong to? Uh, the God of this world. We belong to the God of this world, which means Satan, which means that we have family members, we have co-workers, we have all sorts of people who, everybody says, we're all God's children. No, we're not. We're not. We're all God's creation, but yeah. we're not all God's children. Right. He looked at the Pharisees and said, you are your father, the devil. He was the father of lies from the beginning. And we do that so it makes us feel good. The whole purpose of Romans is to move us toward our dependency on God and need for the gospel to realize that if you have an unloved, saved one, an unsaved loved one, they are a child of, of the enemy, and our goal is to try to get them Christ to pull them out of his grasp. Amen. No one can feel the Lord. Doesn't redemption also mean to completely turn away? Repent, yeah, to, to be repentant is to completely turn away and to change your mind. And that, that happens after you're redeemed. Right, amen. Being justified, who would like to, Brother Ernie? Justifying, he, he saved us by his mercy and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Justified, justified ever since. To be justified in the sight of God through Jesus Christ to give us. Go ahead, Sister Elizabeth. Um, so my definition for justify that I put is I said, cleansed of our sins and transgressions, holy and pleasing to God through Jesus' sacrifice. Yeah. The only way that we come that way is through the sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. Brother Bob. Yes, sir. Pat, please. <laughs> Christ's sacrifice, propitiation, refers to the Old Testament sacrifice 
offered by the high priest on the day of atonement for the sins of the people. How often did the sacrifice have to be made? Mr. Elizabeth, please. One on the tenth day of the seventh month. Aside from the daily sacrifices, this sacrifice offered by the high priest on the designated day of atonement was performed once a year. Anyone else? Let us go to number, uh, I mean, um, the, uh, that was answered uh, under A, now we're going to do B. Why is Christ's death on the cross made that Old Testament sacrifice unnecessary. This should be simple. Sister Elizabeth. When Jesus died on the cross, he became the perfect sacrifice, meaning that no other sacrifice was needed after him. He is the end and the beginning. Can I, can I throw in, Brother Bob, that uh, he also was the one doing the sacrificing since he was perfect, we have a perfect priest offering a perfect sacrifice. Amen. Amen. That's why the, the veil, which I understand was very thick, was just rent and torn in two uh, of the temple. And now we have access before God, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who loved us and offered himself for us. Anyone else? Give us our holy channel. Yes. 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 His sacrifice was once and for all. There was no more sacrifice needed after Christ as a perfect sacrifice the perfect lamb of, lamb of God offered himself on the cross. We're going to go to see now what was required as payment for sin. You will find this in Leviticus 17.10, Hebrews 9.22. In, in one sentence, I believe someone can summarize it. Go ahead, Brother Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Right from the beginning, God of Eden. God's sacrificed some animals and took the skin and gave it to Adam and Eve to hide their shame. Yes, sir. Question. I'm the pastor. That statement that says no person shall eat the blood. Satanistic worship, yeah. that's part of their ritual, is 
is doing things like drinking blood and doing things like that. That whatever God makes fake and counterfeit, there's life in the blood. And what he's doing is giving us a foreshadowing that our life is through the blood. When God sees us, he sees us through blood-stained glasses. So people will be like, well, I don't feel saved today. Have you ever been like that? I don't feel saved today. Well, well, it doesn't matter how you feel. You can rest assured and be confident that even if I don't feel saved, I received him, and his blood is not predicated on my feelings. It's more powerful than that. So even though I don't feel saved, and the devil said, you're not saved. You know what you just thought. And I said, yeah, but the blood of Jesus is right there for me. I'm still saved. And that's something to shout about. Yeah, that's it. Pastor, I got to read this. It's my favorite scripture. Once again, quoting Romans 8, uh, chapter 8, 3 and 4. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, under C, uh, what was required as payment for sin? Did I just read that? Yes, the shedding of blood. Going on to the next question. What did God, God's provision of Christ as a sacrifice, demonstrate? I want to hear, first of all, nice and loud. First of all, no. he gave his son for man's sin. No, that's the next one. No, the next one. The next one. His heart and mercy for all. That too. Wow. Sister Pat said it. Go ahead, Sister Pat. Say it nice and loud. <laughs> Somebody said his love. His love. Yeah. Yeah, you said his love. That's it. You know, there's a period after every amen in the Bible. Amen. Period. His love. Period. Romans five and eight says that God demonstrates His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When the Bible says that he demonstrated his love, he proved it. In other words, he proved his love for us by, uh, by uh, giving his son to die for the sin of the world. And that's what John said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Number 10, in what way is God's patience revealed here? Why we will, why, the Bible said, why we will yet sin? Christ died for us. Yeah. Yet, meaning that he came to the rescue for us. How does this demonstrate his patience? Go ahead, sister. I'm sorry. Um, so God waited a really long time for his plan to come to fruition through his son. He literally played the long game. But was it late? No. It was right on time, but it took time to get there. And that's why patience is one of the truth of the spirit too. Amen. God is patient in his plan to love us and save us, and we can be patient in his plans for us outside of just our grace and mercy that we receive. We can't demand things right away. We have to be patient for it, and just as he is patient. 
I've always believed, since God is perfect, his chronological clock is absolutely perfect. Brother Dave. Uh, his uh, patience is demonstrated in his forbearance. He waited a long time. Go ahead. Yeah, he waited a long time. You know, uh, he pushed punishment ahead. That's, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, oh, yeah. He pushed his punishment ahead, uh, waiting for Christ. And uh, one of the things he, another thing that he demonstrated was his righteousness through his forbearance. I mean, because he's a holy God. And he says, this sin brings death, and this sin brings punishment, and he forbears that. If he doesn't eventually deal with that, then he's an unholy God, right? Mm. But he accomplished that through the death of Christ. Amen. So that's beautiful. He's an awesome God. Oh, in every sense of the word. Oh, that's, when you think of the mercy, man, every day that he does not, he's done everything he needed to do. At any given point, he can say, I'm coming back. If you haven't accepted Jesus, if you're still out here doing what you're doing, if you're still living how you're living, that's it for you. Yeah. Do you know yeah. how much he loves you? That he can just pull the plug at any time, and he's still giving people chances to change, Amen. giving people opportunities to right. turn yeah. life. That is some kind of mercy. Right well, especially if you think about the fact that how many of us, if we're being completely honest, candid moment, as Christians, we find we find God, we, we find our relationship with Him, we accept mm -hmm. Jesus as our Savior, but that doesn't stop the sinning. Mm -hmm. You're still doing those things that damned you before, whatever it may be, drunkenness, pornography, any of it. You still continue it after accepting His save, His His saving grace from Jesus. So if that doesn't prove God's patience, I don't know what is. Because He's sitting there watching you go. Yeah, I believe you. I accept your grace. I'm going to do better. But let me go look up that video real quick. No, no, no. no. Oh, wait, Liz, you just stepped on something that will make religious people mad. That, <laughs> that we feel like when we accept Christ, we put on this facade that everything we do is perfect and there's no more sin in our heart. And then what we really did, we do just like kids. We, we learn to hide it better. Kids just say whatever, and when we become adults, we learn to hide it better. Yeah. And church teaches us to hide our sin a little better. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says the Lord, eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth. Even though you can't see what's on my Instagram page, God can see what I'm looking at on my Instagram page. And still, he gives me mercy. Wow. That's some kind of love. And, and I would say also, too, just to kind of piggyback off of that, too, that's really something that, as a Christian, if you haven't thought about it, you really need to think about being more transparent with people that you're trying to lead to Christ. You need to let them know that, yes, you can be saved. Yes, you can have his grace. Yes, you can have his mercy. I mess up, too. I still receive his grace and his mercy. I get angry sometimes. I curse. It is what it is. He's working on me. I'm not perfect. But you need to let them see that, because if they walk in and all they see is, button-up shirts and ties and, you know, iron dresses and people with their pleases and their thank yous and everything like that, they're going to think, I don't fit in here. That's it. They'll think you're fake. And that's what we really are. We've learned how to be fake. I got a question, Brother Bob. Can we say the true fact that every one, every yes. single one of us here, mm -hmm. as soon as we exit out that door, are, are we always in a spiritual warfare? 
when you get it, uh, go into your amen, But Jesus said, this day, that's the love and the mercy of Christ. But he did have to ask for it. See, he didn't have to say, I need Jesus. Or he had to say something like that. So we don't always know when somebody passes away where they're going. What the last request was. It's not science. You need to repair. I mean, prepare for it. It's not science. It's, it's, it's not science. The thief found salvation. He made the necessary preparation. Right then and there. Just like that. And people want to frustrate the gospel. They want to complicate it. It's simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And follow him and his teaching and you will be saved. Yes. We're worried. Using a dictionary, uh, we're, we're into justice and much more in Romans 3.26. Using a dictionary defined justice. Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. <laughs> the dictionary says the quality of being just and impartial. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. Okay. Anybody else? When I googled it, it said uh, just behavior or treatment. Or, uh, yeah, and? Just, just um, behavior, you said? I missed the word. Just right. Uh, just. Absolutely, and so on. Simply because he is God. Amen. Should we go on to the next question? Yes, sir. In what does, in what way does Jesus' death also show God's justice? Yes. It was an appropriate punishment for our sins. It should have been us, but he took it instead. I want to show of hands. How many agree with that? Well, no, all. 
Great, thank you. <laughs> Anyone else on this? Uh, Brother Bob, uh, question for Not only does the just judge uh, justify us, but through Christ, he's the one that justifies us. So he's just on one hand, and he's the justifier on the other hand. Mm. So it's like, he, he's got us in both his hands. Amen. Amen. You know God does not mock justice. His son, Jesus Christ, has satisfied the legal requirement for justice by his death on the cross, burial, and resurrection. We cannot earn God's righteousness by human merits or give him something in return for it. We can only receive it or reject it. It is a gift from God. Hallelujah. You either receive it or reject it. Brother Bob? Through faith in Jesus Christ, who became our substitutionary sacrifice. Please, who wants to go first? Pastor, I just had a. In honor. What I was saying, a question a lot of people will always say is why does a good God, a just God, send people to hell? He doesn't. A just God paid the penalty for our sins. If we go to hell, it's not because he sent us, it's because we rejected him and chose to go. I sometimes have this uh, trait, I mean, up here that the gospel is very simple. Mm -hmm. And I believe this is why Paul, you know, I think he warned the Corinthians or whoever they were about frustrating the gospel of Christ. The gospel is simple. Kiss does not stand, stand for you know what. Kiss stands for keep it simple, saints. All right. B. Uh, B of what way does Jesus' death also show God's justice? Who can be justified? I want to, in unison, one, two, three. All. <laughs> yeah, you did great. All. All whosoever will. For further thought, how does Jesus' death also show God's mercy? Go ahead, uh, oh, ladies, we're sorry. So further thought, how does Jesus' death also show God's mercy? I wrote, Jesus' death gives us pardon, deliverance, and freedom that we had no access to before. Also, to, to add on to that, quite frankly, we're lucky that God loved us so much to give us all of that because, quite frankly, we're undeserving. It's only through his love do we get it, do we receive it, do we become deserving of that gift. But just us as humans, no. It's a very precious gift. Typically, you know, this is Pastor's favorite bring up sentences in, the, in his messages. 
There's none righteous. None seek God. All right, Brother Ernie, please. His death opened the door for sinners to be justified and enter heaven by accepting him as their Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Can I read the scripture, Brother Ernie? Yep. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Brother Ernie said something. I was thinking of Isaiah 53, and it says, By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for this generation who considered that he was cut off and out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth, this is talking about Jesus way before he was born, yet it is the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. It's God's will to crush his own son, mm -hmm. to save us. Is there anybody in here who would even give up a distant cousin that we don't like to save somebody else? Not a brother, not a sister, not a mother, not a father would we give up, or especially if you're a parent, a child, who would give up their own child for guilty people? Not, for any, not to save innocent people, to save guilty people. You know, it's funny that you said that, Pastor. I was just talking to my daughter about that the other day because we were talking about how Noah had brought his son up to be sacrificed, and God stopped him before it happened. We were reading in her, in, or Abraham, excuse me, in the Bible we were reading that portion. And she said, well, Mom, could you, could you ever do that? That would be really hard. And I said, you know, honey, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I would be able to do that. So he's a much braver man than me because I, my, my flesh would tell me, oh, no, not my baby. But he, he didn't walk by his flesh in that moment. I wrote down if uh, just imagine, uh, just think, uh, when God is so infinitely greater than us, imagine if He was a short fuse and as impatient as we are, where would we be today? <laughs> This is why, this is why we need to praise Him and glorify Him yeah. for who He is. Amen. Amen. What else does God, does the cross, I'm sorry, reveal about God? His grace. Lady, please. That's it. God so loved the world. of the word soul for God. So, Two-letter word. The most, as far as I'm concerned, it's the most powerful two-letter word in the scriptures for God, soul of the world. Who can put a value on that? This way. This is how God the world. God the world. Brother Brown, when I read that verse, the way that my, my brain interprets the word so is I kind of think like 
like like my kid would say, it wouldn't be like, oh mom, I, I so want this toy. She'd be like, I really, 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 really want this. So when I look at that, so God so loved the world, it's like God really, 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 really loves you, you know? God so loved the world. You cannot put a value on that two-letter word. Romans 3, 27 to 31, the law is accomplished by faith. Apart from trying to keep the law, what are some things that people boast of today to try to justify themselves before God? I'm going to make people mad again. <laughs> uh, they're good works. I'm such a good person. I do this, I do that. I'm so good. God loves me. Another one. I go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. God loves me more than you because I'm in there. Not true. Another one. I am the highest tither in this church, so God loves me more. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're reminded of Paul. Though I give my body to be burned, uh -huh. and have not love, it profits me nothing. Right. Amen. Don't have love, you don't have God. And I, I, I love James. A person that does not know love. James said he does not know God. Was it James or John? I forgot. John. 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 A person that does not know love does not know God, for God is the very essence of love. Amen. Glory to God. What are the, some ways that people try to justify themselves? Anybody else? They often say they may be good. You may be good. Oh, that's you may be good. Yeah. You may be screaming at you. You make me act this way. Or the best one, you make me mad. <laughs> if they hadn't done it to me, I wouldn't have did it to them. Mm -hmm. That's that, that self-justification and self-righteousness. What if God treated us like we treat other people? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's, it started right from the beginning, you know. The woman that you gave. Go ahead. Sometimes, our Catholic brothers and sisters, Chances are, 
you haven't really repented. Exactly. That's why John said uh, when he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, he said, he didn't say just be good. He said repent mm -hmm. for the kingdom of God is in hand. You got to change the way you do business. You got to change the way you think. You got to change the way you look at the world in order to in enter the kingdom of God. He was like Brother Bob said something, and it's been in my mind ever since he said it. Every country you know in the world has borders, and they don't let trespassers come across. The Bible says there was a rich man, and he sicked his dogs on Lazarus. And when he got ready to try to get in, he, the, they said, you can't come to the bosom of Abraham because there's a chasm here, and you can't come. Heaven has walls. It's, not, it, it's meant so everybody can come in, but everybody won't get access. So aren't we so glad that we, we receive Jesus? And he gives us, he grants us that access by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Brother Bob said, I got my papers. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It's God. It is God. Amen. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Anybody tries to enter any other way is the same as a thief and a robber. Well, why don't you read Corinthians and find out that thieves, robbers, drunkards, idolaters, adulterers, and all these shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. No, and then he continues on. No effeminists, no abuses himself of mankind, and so on and so on. None. There is a preparation, and Jesus is the only way. Jesus asked the rich young ruler, yeah. if you want to serve, if you want to go to heaven, Go sell all that you have and follow me. His real question to him is, are you willing to yeah. give up everything you got and follow me? And he knew his heart. I don't say that. He went away sorrowful because he possessed much, yeah. much that riches. Say you can't be blessed. But he does say, don't put that above him. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yes, please. If you go to, if you plan on going to another country, as soon as your foot hits their ground and you break a rule, you ain't going back to where you came from very soon. Take an, ex take an example from that basketball player. What was her name? Well, she thought she could just waltz in into Russia and carry some drugs and whatnot. And uh, everything will be honky-dory. Well, she found out different. Now, how do people expect about, you know, to, you know, heaven is the same way. If Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father by, by me, how do you think, I mean, how are you going to find another way? You can't. Right. I hear people always saying, but I'm enlightened. I think there are many ways to God. Well, God never asked what you thought. <laughs> he, he, he told you what you need to believe. Right. You're not saved on what you think. You're saved on the truth of God's word. And his, the truth of God's word is not shaped or moved by your opinion. Exactly. 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 Uh, B of this... Uh, Question number 15, can any of these excuses make a reason, make a person righteous? No. 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 I mean, I don't think we need, need to go any further than just say, 
No, not by any means. No, the answer is no, and that's that. But I'll read this, Isaiah 66 and 6. There's another 6, brother, uh, pastor. But we are all as an unclean thing, and our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's repeated in Hebrews uh, 11.6. Is there any more? Oh, yes, we have uh, question. How does God's provision for sin leave no room for boasting? Sister Elizabeth. Faith is exalted, or faith is exalting what God has done, and this eliminates human pride. There is no room for your pridefulness. It's all about bringing the glory that God deserves for what he does for us and what he's given us. Amen. Amen. And we're not supposed to do it for our own selfish reasons. Right. It's a gift. It's grace and unmerited favor towards mankind to be redeemed and be offered salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ. And if it's it was all provided for you. And you could do nothing to redeem yourself. Where can you possibly boast of, or what can you possibly boast of? You, you just simply cannot. The only thing you can be is thankful. And thank God for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No room for boasting. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You, you can't save yourself by works. In what, uh, this is the last question, praise God. Yeah. We made it all through 17 questions. In what way does our faith fulfill the law? Uh, faith creates and sustains our relationship with God. Faith frees us from the guardianship of the law so that we may live under Jesus instead. When he died for us on the cross, the law was not what we were held to at that point. It doesn't mean that you can, you know, do things that the law said not to do. But he is the, you know, ruler and judge and authority over you now, not the law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? By work of God. Salvation is the work of God on the cross. Yes. Anyone else? I put Christ in fulfillment of the law. Exactly. In Jesus' own words, you want to fulfill the law? You know, there was some 
617 laws and precepts that the Hebrew, uh, Israel, the Israelites had to follow. And it was brought down to uh, 500 or something, and then David brought down to 24. And here is what the law and the prophets hang on. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. He brought it down to two. From 617, I believe, that's the correct number, of laws and precepts that the Hebrews' children followed. Jesus brought it down to two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. It was complicated before. Keep thinking about it. Anybody has anything to say, any admonition, any comment? Pastor? Give both my hands. Hey, man. That's a good thing. Um, that was an excellent class. For those of you who are watching online, you're, if you're not here, guys, let them know how much they're missing. Yes, this is uh, engaging God's word. Um, and and that, that was an excellent job, Brother Bob. This was a great class. My wife had to leave for a second. She called me back to the back. I was like, I don't want to come to the back. I want to let the class is good. I want to stay up here. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm a smart man, so I came to the back uh, to do, do what I needed to do. Um, just want to thank you for your engaging. Um, you being and giving yeah. your heart and your voices is what makes this makes this great. We're so thankful for you guys and the yep. message family. Um, welcome always. Give them a hand. Um, and just, just grateful. Are you being blessed by this? Amen. This is blessing us. Uh, and it, it's blessing me. Um, I'm coming right behind them in the series of Romans. We're going again to Romans this week and we'll be coming from both the teaching and as well as the preaching. Yeah, yeah, this Sunday. We started last Sunday on Romans chapter 1. It was supposed to be verses 1 through 7. Paul's pretty deep. I got the three, looked at my notes and said, I can't keep them this long. And I let it go. <laughs> After verse 3. But uh, but it was it was very good. So grateful for you. I just want to pray for you, bless you, and let you know that I love you. If you're online, uh, if you don't know Jesus Christ, this is the gospel right here. God's grace is available to all because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you're right in the right place. If you're a sinner, that means God's love is there for you. All you have to do is believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. Repent for your yes. sins and receive them to your heart. Amen. And you can be saved tonight. You may not be able to walk into this door for a but you can be saved today, right now, at this moment, in your car, on the couch, doing something you don't have a business doing. Just stop and get Jesus your heart right now. I know there's some people watching me. Right now, why? Because the gospel is the power of God for the salvation, Hallelujah. not just to the rich, not just to the poor, not just to the love, not to the right, but to everyone who believes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of that gospel. I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you so much for your engagement. I so, you don't, as a pastor, you don't know how much that makes my heart feel good to hear you engage and give your opinion. Even if you can't read the read the notes and stuff, you the talk from your heart. I'm so grateful for that. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to let you go. And hopefully this time, I want you to do something. Look around you real quick. Think how many people would be here if everybody just brought one person with them. Can everybody find one person to bring with you next week? If you can't, I'll try my best. Just try. If they tell you no, that's fine. And you know how you get one person? You ask 12. <laughs> ask 12 and you may get one. Uh, and just, just say, hey, just come to the Bible study with me one time. I promise. If you don't like it, you don't have to come back. It's a money-back guarantee. We're not giving you any money, so you can for sure have your money back. There you go. <laughs> it doesn't cost you anything to come. But thank you so much. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious up to you. May he lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace that passes all understanding, perfect peace in, in the arms of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do pray that you're blessed in the city and the field when you come and when you go. And all the places that your soul, your foot shall try, shall be blessed in Jesus' name. Somebody give me out a hand clap of praise and tell somebody you love it. And we will see you Sunday. There we go.